All right, so today is a big day. Not only is it the start of Taking a Break podcast show again, but we're doing a little new segment on Taking a Break where we'll be doing a little Xavier basketball pre-show and post-show podcast where in the beginning, all three of us, me, Bradley, and Wally will be sending you guys a little bit voice memo of our score predictions and what we think is going to happen for the game. And then all three of us will get together for a post-game show right after each Xavier basketball game. So it's a new segment for Taking a Break podcast. But my prediction, I mean, you got to go for the X-Men. We got a three-and-a-half-point favor for Oklahoma State. Um, I honestly think it's going to be a pretty tight one. But I think right off the bat, I see Oklahoma State kind of starting off really well and going on some big run. But the X-Men are going to come right back in it. Halftime is going to be a two-point game, and I think Xavier's going to take a 77-71 X-Men win. That's what I think it's going to be. I think at the start, Oklahoma State's going to come off hot, but I think Xavier's shooting is going to come in to factor with their three-point percentage going a little higher this afternoon, and hopefully getting that 77-71 X-Men win for Xavier. So let's hope it's a good one, and we'll see you guys right back after the game when all three of us get together for post-game. But I'll take it. I'll hand it off to Wally and his score prediction next. What is up? I'm here in Jamaica Station on the way to the Rangers game. Tomorrow, the Xavier Musketeers are going to travel into Stillwater, Oklahoma, and beat the Oklahoma State Cowboys 78-66. Wally Lane, official prediction. See you. Looking at today's Xavier versus Oklahoma State basketball game, uh, the game will be played in at Oklahoma State they're favored by three and a half and I think that's gonna be a fair spread having Xavier go on the road which we are not very competent at we play a lot better at home behind our fans but a neutral court game is our only loss this year and um we're just notorious for not playing as well on the home on the road because we're a very emotional team. You know, when the good is good, we're clicking on all cylinders. We look like a top 15 team in the country. If it's bad, we look like mid to low tier Big East teams. So looking at a few things, Nate Johnson's the leading score right now for Xavier, averaging 14.6, which I think is interesting if they can get him some off-ball movement. With this suspect Oklahoma State defense, I think he could do really well today. Paul has to be able to push the ball and get the team in the right positions for Xavier in, in order to win today. Oklahoma State has a cus- couple suspect games on their schedule. They have a bad loss versus Oakland, a Horizon School. Um, they beat Oral Roberts by one. Um, they did sneak out a nice win against North Carolina State, and they just lost to Wichita, which is their most recent game. But I think Xavier should be able to pull out this game. Um, we're taller than them. Um, our, we have much better wing play. Oklahoma State's a very stagnant team. Um, but having said that, they are an older team. Um they are very good last year. Obviously, they lost Cade Cunningham to the Detroit Pistons. But they have 
a lot of juniors, sophomores, and seniors sprinkled into that lineup. So they have very relevant, high, um, Big 12 experience as well as NCAA tournament experience, which I think speaks volumes to these non-conference crossover games, especially in the early part of the season. But again, we have fifth year senior Paul Scruggs leading the way. He's been to the NCAA tournament. So he knows how to handle a road environment. Usually the arena in Stillwater is very hostile. It's like their football field. It's very compact. The noise you can compile on each other. Having said that though, Oklahoma State just played in the Big 12 championship in football. And with um, that, I think a lot of people are traveling back from that game from the Fort Worth area. So I don't think this game is going to be as hyped up as it normally would be. Again, it's like a Sunday. Sunday's not a prime basketball day. You have the NFL going on. It's a 5 o'clock start, odd start time. So with the lack of crowd that I think is going to be there and Xavier playing some of their best, some better basketball than than what we've seen at the start of the year. Fremantle coming back should have a huge lift. Hopefully they give them a little, some more runs today. I don't want them starting or playing more than 20 minutes, but hopefully get a run in with the starters. And um, I think we should be able to pull out this one fairly easily. Um, us being, Oklahoma State being favored by three and a half, I think is a little suspect, but that's why you play the game. So we got our first ever Xavier basketball podcast show here. It's a little segment we have on taking a break. We got myself, Nick Walker, Wally Lane, and Bradley Bruning. We got three guys who are pretty knowledgeable in the Xavier basketball world. But also, we want to start this up because if you don't know Xavier Nation, Xavier is huge for their basketball. We don't have a football team, so it's all focused on basketball. So we want to start a little segment here where we're talking all things Xavier basketball, what they did wrong, what they did good, maybe some differences. I'm going to start off the show talking a little about Nate Johnson. So I heard a stat from uh, the announcer saying that Nate Johnson last two games combined for 54 points. And tonight he played all right. Wasn't his go-to stunning game like he played against Virginia Tech. He had, he was going four for nine, 15 points. It's all right. But Nate Johnson coming in all right. But we also got Paul Scruggs and Kobe Jones who also backed him up, played really well as well. Uh, how are you guys doing? What are your guys' thoughts, immediate thoughts of this game? What's up? Uh, Zach Fremantle is obviously not ready to come back to play. He was one for six from the field, 0 for one from deep, one for two from the line. He just looked like a chicken with his head cut off running around the court. He wasn't in his spots. He just wasn't in a groove. I think they rushed him back. I don't think he should have played the minutes that he should have tonight. I thought they should have given him about a four to five minute run, see how he did. I just think he played too much. How many minutes did he play, you know? Um, 19. Yeah, I was going to say about 20. 19 minutes. Yeah. What are your thoughts? He definitely definitely hustled, but you can tell he's just trying not to rust off. I mean, he was cleared, what, three days ago, four days ago. So, I mean, for him to kind of log some quality minutes while Nunji had foul trouble, 
Deontay Miles being Deontay Miles. That was pretty big time, even if he was just rusty, just having that body. So that what, what you helped out? What, big Xavier win, big roadkill first of the season. Big roadkill, big first dub. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts of starting Miles over Nunge or Fremantle? Do you like that? What what's what do you think Steele's thoughts behind that are? I, I still am confused with the Miles starting. Well, Miles has been in the program for three years now. He's worked hard. You're not going to give the guy that just walked in the door. None just coming off a significant leg injury. He didn't start practicing till right before the green white, the blue and white scrimmage. He didn't even play in that scrimmage. So, you know, we're seven and one, you know, when, when we were in high school, we had a key injury in basketball, but we were undefeated. So we kept the same starting lineup, even though a kid in the starting lineup was significantly worse than the guy on the bench. So, yeah. Gotcha. I do I do appreciate him logging minutes now. He's long, he's put on weight uh since his redshirt freshman year. But come when Nunge Nunji is, you know, fully embraced in the program, come when Fremantle's back. Miles had 17 minutes today. Three points, five rebounds, 0 for two from the field, three of five from the free throw line, which is probably a 60% his season best mark. Mm-hmm. Come Big East play, 17 minutes is probably way too much for Deontay Miles, unless the bigs are in foul trouble. I think that's got to be his role, just a minute eater in case of foul trouble. Just that emergency big you can plug in and play in a bad situation. I agree with you. I think Fremantle, once he's fully back in Nunji, will be the two-headed horse heading down when in Big East play. For sure. So yeah, he's he's he, I'm looking I'm looking back at some Xavier stats. He's playing anywhere from 14 to 18 minutes. So he Miles is having that time. And then yeah, again, once what you guys said, once Freeman gets back in the program and starts coming and playing with the guys, I think it's gonna be definitely a solid squad. I also love the Fremantle nudge together. I love that. Down low, being the big man's with uh Kobe, Paul Scruggs, and Nate Johnson on on the outside. I think that's a great five right there for me. Yeah. I like I mean, it. Not the it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah, having those two big mans. I mean, you heard it at Ohio State when they were playing. Find those big men, find those roles. I was saying that the entire game in that student section. That's a big thing, and I think having again, if we get that three point shooting up, and we have those two down low, I think that's a huge starting uh, not starting five five on the floor right there, which I think would yeah, be great. some high low work between them. You even saw a sneak peek of it uh, Wednesday or Thursday against Central Michigan. Fremantle made a few nice passes down into Miles underneath the basket. So those those two yeah. big man lineups, those high lows could definitely work. For sure. Yeah, especially with Nunji because he can stretch the floor and so can Fremantle. So he can even still run that four out one in with the versatility of both of them being able to shoot the three. For sure. What do you, what do you think we got to improve on? I mean, we got UC – and we got well, who we got Wednesday Ball State. So two not crazy, crazy teams. But what are some things that you think we should improve on in terms of the next couple? I mean, obviously Fremantle, but what else do you think? Turnovers, turnovers is always offense rebounds are nice. Since, ever since ever since Travis Steele has taken over, turnovers have always been a ginormous issue. Seventeen turnovers tonight. I get it. Oklahoma State ranked eighth defensively in the Kempom. You're yeah. not going to win a game. Yeah, with 17 turnovers, uh, you know, against 
a really, really good team, or even for that matter, in Big East play. I know we had a few, you know, bogus little charges, you know, some miscommunications. The but, refs, though, were also yeah. awful. Oh, my God. The so officiating. bad. All those out-of-bounds plays, at five minutes in, looked like they were playing soccer. It was like all it was so left and right. That was ridiculous. The refs were, oh, my God. Scruggs had five turnovers today. I mean, he played a great game. So, you know, you can kind of forgive that. He had the ball in his hands pretty much every possession. For sure. But definitely got to cherish the rock, take care of it. I know Odom had two today. Odom did not look great. He's making a lot of freshman mistakes as a sophomore. Yeah. Bradley, Bradley, what are your thoughts of Odom? Um, Obviously, you know, he's a liability on offense. You're basically, if he's not driving and slashing to the lane, he's just standing in the corner, taking up space. Like Nick City. <laughs> standing in the corner. <laughs> So that's the other thing that we need to improve on. Our off-ball movement is terrible at times. Yeah. A lot of times you'll see Paul or when the po- when Nunji catches the ball in the post, the weak side guy won't cut to the basket. And, I mean, just the more movement, the more fluent we are, is better off for us because we're pretty athletic. And then the other thing we need to work on is our um, ball pressure when we're bringing the ball up the court. If the team presses us, it seems like we're always making an errant pass or dribbling out of control. It doesn't seem like we have a true defiant press break, and it just seems we're out of sorts at times. Yeah, when teams bring that three-quarter or that 2-2-1 two, two, full-court pressure where they try to trap right off the inbound, my heart always skips a beat. We just yeah, try they, to break yeah. it by just dribbling through and getting trapped and then having to just chuck up a Hail Mary. Yeah, the, in, the inbounds uh, full-court is definitely we need work. Yeah, for sure. I was getting nervous, too. Even, even though we're up nine points, like – Paul Scruggs is getting a little nervous at the ball. I, I, I don't know. It's like I, they need some play or something. I don't know. I don't know those basketball plays in terms of full court, but, like, they definitely need a little bit more of that composure with the ball when they have the full court, especially up, even, even up nine points. But, hey, we got to think the positives. I feel like we're talking a little bit negatives. Some positives. Xavier's good. Uh, not the most amazing win like Oklahoma last year, but definitely a huge win for us. Uh, coming home, road kill. X don't give it to you. Gotta love it. Give, give, give us give us some more positives. Give give us some positives. The Xavier podcast. Starting off seven and one. Starting off seven wins against power conference major opponents, Ohio State, Virginia Tech, and now the Cowboys. So that's definitely going down. Hot start. And then we got a big game against UC coming up in six days. Yeah. So hopefully oh. we can Oh, the student, the student section. I mean, Nick Johnson started off the season a little sluggish, and he is just banging in long dumb threes like it's nobody's business. There's some bitch. Come on, Nate Johnson. I love Colby it. Jones, true Swiss Army knife player. Great rebounder. Great feel for the game. Awesome. Tim Walker would say, Nate owns the estate. Nate owns the estate. As he my mom used to call him Robinson last year because she has no idea. Baby, come on. <laughs> Wait, say that again? My mom used to call him Robinson last year because she had <laughs> no idea who he even was. And now here he is. <laughs> and awesome. now here he is, our scoring leader, dropping 15 a game. We love it. Man, he did, he did get a little wonky today, but good Lord. Hey, off the off the tip off. Oh man, one dribble, 
pump fake, jab step, pass fake, swish. God, man. Always yeah. rely on that guy to knock down some shots. Bradley talked about it a little bit in the pregame. I didn't listen to it yet, but like, imagine that game at Cintas Center. I think that would have been a lot different for sure. I mean, that, that arena was dumb. I mean, yeah, Bradley talked about it in the beginning. You can touch on it a little more after I stop talking, but like, I don't know, like that arena, like you can hear them, like their cleats clicking on the on the court. Like you can hear everything. The, the announcers are also terrible. I, it was just like the energy of the game, obviously knowing Sintas, number three in the nation for packing the arena, it's going to be big. But like, I don't know, just something about the energy of the game changed something about it as well. But Bradley got something to touch on on that. He talked about it a little in the pregame, but like that arena was, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's um. You know, it's a very well-respected arena. They usually pull in good crowds, but um, with the Big 12 championship being yesterday and probably, I'd say, 88% of their fan base being out in Arlington, Texas for the football game, I mean, they had an outside chance making the college football playoff, I think, this basketball non-conference game on a Sunday. I get the Xavier Musketeers, yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> very secondary to them. Yeah. But if that, if that game was here, we're all home. Um, the student section would not be as lively. Um, so, I mean, I think the Cintas Center would have been a little more packed, but um, I don't think it would have been off the charts like you were describing. Mm. But, well, um, it, would been, it would have been a little different experience, but yeah, Xavier at home is nice. Mm-hmm. But some more good things about the game. We shot 33% from three. That's going to win you a lot of games down the road. Anything above that 30% mark, I think for us is – um, competent should keep us in games, and then seventy four percent from the line, um, not not great, not terrible, but still enough to get the job done. Yep, better and, than uh, usual, better than usual, better than usual. <laughs> sure, yeah. we got to the line thirty one times, which is good to see. We're not selling for bad outside shots, and we're putting pressure on the defense, which is good. They also had a lot of foul trouble throughout the game. They had to rotate a lot of guys through, which got them out of sync. But yeah. We'll take the win. Roadkill. Love it. Really the only, the only, besides the Barclays Center, the only non-conference road game for Xavier. So we'll take it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some of some definitely see. Uh, we're back. We got Ball State Wednesday. And then again, we got UC. This place is going to be absolutely packed and crazy. We all know, for those who are listening that aren't in the Cincinnati, you know, the Cincinnati area, Crosstown gets absolutely insane. We got a camp out going. We got a lot of stuff going on. So this should be super exciting. Uh but any last words, anything to add? Rock I up. actually do. So Oklahoma State, known for being an awful three-point shooting team, of their 64 field goals, 26 of them were threes. They shot, I think the announcer kept saying it, 28 29%. Yeah, it might even felt a little lower at the end of the game. Great adjustment by Travis Steele there. I know he's been taking some heat on uh, social media from the Xavier fans. I'm not going to exclude myself from that because I've been that guy. Um, like what, what, are, what are they saying? That was, they're just saying that Xavier has really never been, you know, a well-disciplined, well-coached team under Travis Steele. And there are times where you could definitely agree to that. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't run running in the first half. I mean, they obviously watched the Wichita state film and Wichita state, exploited them in that two, three zone. I don't, I'm shocked he didn't give it a run in the first half. And that was kind of mind boggling to me to see it held all the way pretty much through what halfway through the second half is when they brought it out. Yeah. I think, I think maybe a little, I think with like 12 minutes left, I mean, there was a point where we we're up like 18 in the second half 
right? We were down four and then up 14 with like five minutes left in the game. So big power move by him there. Big, nice adjustment. Uh, so good for him for silencing those critics on Twitter. Lyle included. Um, for, yeah. the, for the moment, at least. <laughs> for the moment. For the moment, just wait until we just wait until we give away a game to Marquette in Big East play, and then all guns will be blazing. Yeah, um, now, way to keep the foot on the gas. Way to make them shoot it. Way to make them beat you in ways that they can't do. Foot on the pedal. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, final thought for me is, um, we really need to beef up our out of conference scheduling. We for sure, for sure. Yeah. If. Yep. I mean, these preseason tournaments, you enter in years in advance, so that's not steel scheduling that. The Oklahoma State game, that's, you know, the that's the crossover. That's not him scheduling that game. I mean, look at who we're playing at home. Kent State, Niagara, Norfolk State. I mean, Central Michigan. We got to get one, one or two more, like, big Playing games. half the MAC. <laughs> and, yeah, we're basically playing the MAC and a bunch of teams that have no chance of making the tournament. Central Michigan might be the worst team in college basketball. <laughs> they were, so they were dead, dead last. They were so bad. Oh. We need to go on the road, play some blue bloods. Like that's like no, ACC. We have, we got no, like a, a Virginia tech, but I don't know. More ACC. Like Villanova has been gut checked that game. I could see getting really ugly. I mean, we have, we, they have a resume. We have, you know, like, coloring book we have played nobody yeah i know i agree that's going to show something in terms of villanova like, got a big game with baylor coming up too so they'll have played what three top five opponents yeah top top 10 whatever i don't know yeah and do you so, see um i don't know if you saw oklahoma state schedule coming up oh we got texas baylor and kansas like in like two weeks Maybe we just gotta pray they steal a game or two so well, don't, well, don't forget that. about their two non-conference games they played Houston, who's 15th in the country, and then USC. That's, again, great scheduling. That's two non-conference opponents coming into your building that are ranked. So the fact that we can't pull, like, even a school like, I don't know, like Louisville, they're what? Yeah. Here, Kentucky. Kentucky. Dayton. I mean, like. Indiana, maybe. I mean, Michigan. Purdue. Notre Dame. We could go. uh, Notre Dame's not that good anymore, but. I mean, just the fact that our entire, just the fact that our entire school is surrounded by this basketball team, and we can't schedule anyone is kind of mind-boggling. I mean, what's been our best non-conference game that we've scheduled? Can you guys even name it? I mean, the Ohio State one was pretty good. I think that's the Gavit tip-off games. That's a that's not yeah, a, that was just an organized event. Uh, I mean, I would probably say Niagara. Like you'd have to say Niagara. They put up a fight. Wait, know? in terms of this year or just in general? Uh, but let's let's. I'd kick it to both. I I I mean, I gotta look. I gotta look at it. But I mean, you could go back a couple years. Wisconsin. That's a Gavit tip-off game. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's just that's like a big highlight for sure. It's just like we're going into overtime against Eastern Kentucky, and like it's 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 the games like that that are frustrating. Because we get into Big East play and it's a whole different animal. Like you look, like look at DePaul last year. They run through a cupcake non-conference schedule. They granted they do beat Texas Tech at home, but then they finish dead last in the Big East. It's a joke. 
Well, DePaul is the best team in the nation before November hits. Or what before December hits? Is that is that the saying? The best the best co- the best team in college basketball during the month of November? Yeah. <laughs> I think they lost the um yeah, they lost the Battle of Chicago today to Loyola. Yeah, they lost to Loyola Chicago. <laughs> but I mean I mean they even beat Central Michigan by 35. So I mean let's get let's get some Central Michigan. Oh my god. Oh, it's so bad. Let's we gotta get some like last year, like that the fact that we had that lull and he couldn't pull the trigger on a game. Mm. It's just, I think he is scared to get exposed. Uh, I don't know who it comes down to. Does it come down to steel or does it just come down to the AD? It's and- it's a combination it's a combination of both. I mean Cause I know, I know, I I do, I do vaguely remember interviews that saying he's like, we want to play, we want to play, we want to play. No, he did want to play that North Carolina game last year. That was them backing out of that game. I I do remember that we had some big fish oh. in the pond, but they weren't biting. Yeah, like he was trying to get Gonzaga here, but like one, like one of these need to stick because yeah. we're not, we're not battle tested. That Virginia Tech team, that they might be a tournament team, but they're gonna finish probably third to last or lower tier of the ACC, you know. But that's all I got. Something to think about. Mm -hmm. Good, good first show all around. I think we'll talk more about Crosstown in the next episode because that will be a big highlight for next week. But uh, good work uh, for the X Men just in general. But. Hope you enjoy, and uh, we'll be posting this, and definitely spread the word, and you'll be hearing us every pre and post for every Xavier basketball game coming up, especially for winter break. So uh, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you next time.